I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's Nacho Mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP Yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Hello, my friends. It is Tuesday night. It is me, Mike Mullins, for another episode of Mike Reviews Vanderpump Rules right here. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. Oh, it's Wednesday. Wednesday night. Oh, shoot. Wrong show. Uh, Crystal, you there? Oh, there we go. Crystal, hello. It is Wednesday night. It is 9 p.m. where I currently reside at the DDP Radio Megaplex in beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina on the 1034th floor. And, of course, uh, so I got my signals crossed. It's, I, do a lot of pro- I do a lot of content. I do a lot of shows. And, uh, of course, my partner in crime up in the northern mountain region of Ontario, Canada. <laughs> If you, uh, if you go deep into the mountains, you get yourself a guide. They bring you to a mountaintop where the majesty of Crystal Stewart shines all the way and bounces off the tower here at the DDP Radio Megaplex and blasts out to the entire world's motivation, inspiration. My co-host, Crystal Stewart, how are you? I'm good. Oh, my goodness. Why is it every week we keep going a few floors up? <laughs> Well, you know, moving on up, Jefferson's. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen the Jefferson's? Yeah, right. We're, we're pretty soon we're gonna make it that deluxe apartment in the sky, baby. <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's right. All right. Well, I can't believe we're almost uh, three quarters of the way through October. Well, we basically are. Halloween just around the corner, and um, uh, here's a helpful tip: Halloween is the perfect time of year to hide a dead body on your porch. So I just want to put that out there. Yep. Um. Also, uh, we got a lot of stuff going on in the next couple of months. Uh, we got DDP coming back for November for, uh, for a few, few shots. We got Garrett coming up. We got a lot of cool guests on the way. Uh, but first, we have to introduce our other guest, and uh, she is here with us tonight. And if you guys have been around the DDPY community, I'm sure you've seen her bouncing around for quite a while. She's been in, in and out of the groups and in community for a long time. She's lost a ton of weight. I mean – it's to the point where I've been friends with her for a while on Facebook to the point where I didn't really even realize she had weight to lose. I just thought she was just one of those people that wandered in here and in pretty good shape, you know, toned up a little bit. Uh, but she recently, <laughs> uh, I saw her, her before and after picture and I couldn't believe that she had lost that much weight. So uh, it's pretty crazy. And she's just off of her, uh, her uh, debut as the Duchess of Hazard County, as you guys may have seen on the title <laughs> of this uh, radio broadcast. Um she was in a little bit of a bumper uh, bumper car situation last night, and uh, uh, we're going to ask her about that in just a minute. But she, she crawls her way out of the rubble just in time to get to us tonight. Um, so uh, we're going to welcome her uh, onto the show. Uh, Angie Vinzant, how are you? 
Hey, hey, kicking doors open and taking names. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we kind of addressed that real quick because Crystal's like, oh, yeah, she just came off a car accident, and uh, but she's all right. She's going to be here. So, you know, you hear, oh, she'll be here. I'm thinking, like, he got bumped in traffic or something. And then she texts me the photo, and you're full upside-down mode. Like, you're like the turtle on the highway on a shell, just like, you know, what the hell happened? <laughs> well... I may have turned in front of another car that was going, well, the speed limit there is 45. And I did not see said other car coming from the other direction until I saw their headlights hitting my passenger side. And I'm like, oh, great. And I just threw my hands up in front of my face. And I'm like, oh, and now we're rolling. (laughs) I I feel coffee spilling on me and I'm tumbling. And then I'm hanging upside down and release my seatbelt and, I'm like, oh, well, the doors are all kind of stuck shut. So I kicked open one and crawled out. <laughs> that's that's oh insane. I got to ask you, I, I I had one of those situations years and years ago where, where my car ended up on its roof. And one thing that I can't, I, I couldn't, you know, fathom, it was so shocking, crazy to me is it happens in such a split second. But when you're rolling, you have so much time to be conscious of what's happening. Did you find that? Like, we're just so aware in that moment, it yes, seemed like slow I, motion. I couldn't hear anything. Like I, I kept getting asked if I heard the the crunching and the sliding and you know it, the impact. I didn't hear anything. I remember seeing things. I'm like, I felt like I was in this rock tumbler, and just I'm like, I gotta stay calm. I gotta stay calm and stay loose. And I'm like, okay, I'm stopped. Um, and I hear my phone dialing nine one one because it was over the speakers in my car, and I'm like. Well, now what? <laughs> oh wow! I was supposed to be on the radio half an hour after that. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's insane! Like, well, I'm glad everyone's okay. First of all, I'm glad you're okay, and hopefully the driver, the other driver, is okay too. And uh, yeah. but we're you're lucky we to be here because a lot of us, yeah. That's 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 good. I'm I'm glad. So I I saw a little bit of this. Uh, what's this uh, the radio thing you're doing? I, I've <laughs> I've seen a couple of things, but I'm not so sure. Is it like a um, contest thing? Yes. Um, each year, the rock station here does a, a they call it a $40,000 rock girl search. So they start off with an open casting call, and then through voting, um, they end up with a top 10. And then a little over a month later, they have a pageant where the winner is crowned and has this $40,000 prize pack. And for the next year, you represent the rock station. Well, yesterday morning was my my scheduled interview with the local morning talent to come on and introduce myself to the public with the morning talent. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so, my goodness. No, I don't buy this. For, this is all one big publicity. You want to get sympathy from the listeners. You're trying to get publicity. <laughs> it's the whole you, – you walk in there with, with a sad face and a neck brace on and just like the puppy dump of luck and <laughs> – and if, oh, I'm so sorry, and they're, I'm going to vote for that girl. Well, if I <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Goes, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made it further than I did, because as soon as I saw about this rock girl thing, I put my, my, my application in, and I didn't even make the top 40, so I'm very, I'm very hurt by all of it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, congratulations, and uh, I mean, uh, hopefully, you know, this will, this will, I mean, sympathy votes a vote, right? So uh, if you guys, uh, <laughs> yeah. if anyone wants to go on there, I don't know if it has to be a local thing or what, but if people want to vote, how do they go nope. about doing so? 
Uh, I've got people in Canada and nope. the UK voting thanks to Crystal and Susie Woodley and Grant Woo-hoo. Woodley. And um, I've been sharing out the link, but it's uh, www.laser1033.com. And under Rat Girl finalists, and um, I think I'm listed as the first Rat Girl. They must have went alphabetical, or you know, just put the best at the top. And uh, you can vote daily. And then on December 4th, I have a pageant where I'm hauling my butt out on stage in a swimsuit, an evening gown. Uh, I have a like a Rat Girl finalist shirt that they're going to have us customize and come out in our our favorite rock outfit with it. And I'll have judges, and hopefully by the end of the night, the champ will be coming for the crown. That's awesome. Yeah, you will. I, I, I never publicly <laughs> endorse a candidate, and I don't go out of my way to ever do this, but I got to say that, I mean, some people just see the prize and they're showing up like, oh, I'm going to look pretty. But if anyone deserves to be a rock girl, it's you, because I see everything I see, you're going to all these rock shows around town, you're traveling, going to see some yeah. cool music and stuff. Some people are just, you know, talking the talk, but uh, Angie Van Zandt is walking the walk, baby. So uh, congratulations. Mm-hmm. And hopefully hopefully they'll make the right choice if they know it's good for you because you definitely represent, uh, you know, uh, the, the live music scene and rock and roll. So, Thank you. Thank you. Angie V for 103.3. <laughs> oh, there you go. We'll put that on a bumper, bumper sticker. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, I've had shirts and sweatshirts made up and flyers, and I'm hitting up, like, people to campaign with and <laughs> well, maybe we can get cnn or fox news to start covering it with the 2020 election <laughs> stuff <Okay>. just like <laughs> no that, that, that's, that's some cool. of the ESPN writers i've seen at wrestlemania oh, there you go there you go anyway, um so i'm yeah, the girl that they consider to be like the wrestling girl for this <laughs> for the for wrestlemania um, for for doing the rock girl contest, I, they've kind of just oh, okay. nicknamed me the wrestling girl because I'm also a wrestling ring announcer for the local wrestling promotion here. Well, uh, that's cool, and, and you know those things. You always want somebody relatable. What, what better relatability to that crowd than just the the rock mm-hmm. and wrestling girl? The rock and wrestling connection is always a winner. So absolutely, yep. That's that's awesome. But I I, I got to say this because I, I know that I've known you for a while. I've seen you poking around forever. Yep. Like, I don't think we've ever met in person, person. But I've been around long enough I don't think that we have. you know we, we've definitely we've definitely crossed circles. So I see your stuff on there, but I never realized that you actually had like a ton of weight to lose. Like I thought, like you Ooh, yeah. came in, it's like oh yeah, I'm in decent shape, but I'm gonna you know try to you know get a little tight and, and stuff like that. But you have <laughs> a considerable amount of weight since you started. Like tell us your yeah. story and kind of what. Your uh, your origin story was with all this. Um, honestly, uh, Dallas is like the biggest humanitarian. Um, he'd never met me before, and I just randomly one day got a friend request from him, and I'm like, okay, I'll play along, thinking that it was an imposter. And <laughs> I'm just sitting there laughing the whole time, thinking, oh, so I'll keep playing, whatever. And uh, he talked to me a little bit. I had the program, uh, asked me how my diet was, asked me if I was doing the program. And I'm like, you know, if I was doing any of this, I wouldn't be looking like this. And when he got a hold of me that day, I weighed 286 pounds. So uh, he gave me the Ten Commandments. Uh, when he told me Garrett was going to message me, I'm like, oh, man, um, I think I was really talking to the Dallas page. And I had been around wrestling, like, 
but the first thing ever did in my life was that when I was two weeks old, my parents started taking me to wrestling matches. So I knew who Dallas was, um, grew up and was a hardcore wrestling fan my entire life. And uh, so I cracked on it and just right away got going on the 10 commandments. Um, talked to Stevie Richards. I'm like, is this legit? You know? And he's like, yeah, Dallas is that kind of guy. Um, if he wants to help you trust it. And uh, on September 11th, 2014, I talked to him and Brenda and committed to it. And he offered to help me and basically said that he wanted to help save my life. And I still truly believe that to this day, it was, saving my life because I've gotten my life back, not even from a health standpoint, but I wasn't living life. I was breathing and I was waking up and doing what I had to do, but I cut myself off in the world. I shut myself off from everybody I knew. I wasn't going to concerts and I wasn't doing the things I loved because I was embarrassed to who I was. And that included even spending time with my son who was starting to get to that age to where, you know, some of his classmates were like making fun of the way I looked so I knew I had to get a grip. And one of the, one of the things that I knew that I had to do was figure out how to eat healthy and how to get more physically active, which DDP yoga fit into that perfectly with just starting out. But I also knew that I had a horrendous food addiction. I, I overeat to the point where I feel sick. And so in the meantime, one of the things that I'd looked into was the stomach surgery. And I really tossed around with the idea that I knew that if I did the stomach surgery, I knew that I could do it and do it the right way and have it be a tool that I could have help me for the rest of my life. But I also knew that the stigmatism with it was that you were cheating and taking the easy way out. And I was afraid I would let Dallas down. Uh, and honestly, I played around with that for a long time. And it was telling him that I was going through with having um, the sleeve uh, surgery done was probably the hardest conversation I've ever had to have with him. But he supported me. He's like, you know, you're kicking butt, girl. You keep kicking butt and doing things your way. Then this is going to work for you. And I figured out how to combine phase three eating along with stomach surgery and working out and working towards getting certified as an instructor. So I had the accountability. And about it took me 18 months to lose 160 pounds. Wow. That's that's incredible. Holy moly. I, 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 I got to touch on this because you, you said this and you talked about the weight loss surgery and the, the, the sleeve. It gets a bad rap for a lot of people. And I think that the reason it gets a bad rap is because people think of that as their solution. And so many people mm -hmm. don't understand the work that goes into after. And I've always said to people, it's, I always consider it like a moving escalator on at the airport, like one of those runway escalators that mm -hmm. you're doing the work and you're walking on it, but it's just kind of helping guide you a little bit quicker and a little bit faster. So if you're making the changes in your life that you're going to need to succeed with or without the surgery and you get the surgery and you're doing it, all it's doing is excelling, you know, escalating the weight loss, but you still have to have those fundamentals down, which apparently you were well aware yeah. of when you took it on because I realized yeah. that a lot of people expect to come out of the surgery a different person than they came in. You still have the same mm -hmm. triggers. You still have the same addiction and you have the same, yeah. you know, problems with food that you had. But the key to it is understanding that before you go in, that you're not going to be a different person mm -hmm. when you come out. You're going to be the same person with the same struggles. And I need to treat the problem the same whether I was doing the surgery or not. I still have to treat the problem that's in my head and in the addiction process, which you seem to be aware of, which is I feel probably made a world of difference 
than expecting that to be the miracle answer that just pops out on the other end of the anesthesia. Oh, absolutely. And there was a couple of things I promised Dallas, and that was that I would be transparent doing this. And by doing that, um, I would post pictures of progress pictures as I went. And it also showed me like showing up to the gym and hitting cardio. And um, I did do a little bit of weight training in there. And when I had people that would kind of jump on and be like, oh, you took the easy way out. I also had those that would defend me and like would say, you know what, she's not going to get those kind of abs. She's not going to get those kind of muscles just by uh, cutting back on calories. That's from putting the work in. And then the other thing was that I promised that when doing this, that I would go ahead and see a a therapist and make sure that my head was clear and that I addressed the mental issues that went along with my eating disorders. That's That's amazing. Under... Uh, it's such an underrated portion of all of this. So much of, you know, what we do, you know, in the eating disorders is so much psychological and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I hate to be like this, but I've been the guy and I, for all my friends who have lost weight, I've had that battle of I've lost a bunch of weight, never fixed anything up top. And eventually you kind of settle back more or where you were before. Um, because yeah. not, you know none of the psychological problems are dealt with; they're just kind of pushed through for a while. So eventually, they're going to pop up again. Um, and, and for the people who said that was the easy way out, they're not the ones at the gym at six in the morning. Like you're the ones going to the gym, and you're the ones you know yeah. showing them that you're at the gym. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So it's pretty ballsy to say that you're not. That was the easy way out when you're working your ass off and they're at home watching, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the pictures of you working your ass off and then being judgmental. That's mm-hmm. I feel like that's bullshit, you know, first of all, because yeah. who cares what yeah. your method is? You're still at the gym and you're still kicking ass. And to say that was the easy way out is pretty easy from somebody judging from their couch while you're on the gym. So that's, that argument's invalid to me. For but sure. I, I think that. Well, the, at the end of the day, really I can eat six the... ounces of Doritos. I can eat six ounces of Doritos or I can eat six ounces of grilled chicken. One of them is going to feed me and help me, um, you know, throughout the day. And, you know, I started even looking into like, oh, I want to do this to help my skin better. I want to do this because I'm struggling with this. And I started looking at the food that I was eating to be more of a medicine for me, like what would benefit my body the most. So I I knew that like I felt really pale and I felt like I was looking kind of gaunt. So I was eating a ton of carrots and orange colored foods. And I was trying daily to even make sure that I was eating foods from every color of the rainbow to make sure that, I was having all of my nutrients addressed because I knew that with the stomach surgery, I would have issues with absorption of certain nutrients and minerals. And then I was having Mm -hmm. to add in stuff supplements because of the absorption process. But if I start off with giving myself good, clean, healthy food to begin with, and I'm eating something like a wide variety of foods that would help support my body. It would make me better at the end of the day. And when I'm eating like that, I've never felt like more superwoman than ever. So Angie, how many times do you actually eat a meal? Are do you feel that you're eating constantly or do you have structured meals? One of the things that I did initially um, when I started to plateau out was I went and got the metabolic testing so that I knew based upon my age, my height, what my metabolism was so that it could give me a recommended, a recommended amount of daily calories. 
And right. this is insane, but my metabolism is so slow that I'm only supposed to have 1,200 calories a day and wow. work out aggressively an hour a day in order to even maintain my size. Wow. wow that's... I'm, I'm just, yeah, that's crazy. There's, there's people that will go get their Starbucks and have that 1,200 calories in their first drink of the day. Yeah. So for me, I'm eating 250-ish calories every two to three hours. That's good, though. That's good, though. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, you, you, the way you said it was, it was fuel. Like, you know, it really is. I mean, see, you know, you, you put that in your body with the, with the intent of, you know, using it for the rest of your day. And I'm not going to lie, it kind of sucks at first. Like, I know that I've you know, been off and on and done, you know, ups and downs and stuff like that. But do you miss eating the way you miss you eat like I know it's difficult at first and it's definitely a transition period but you get to a point when you're like eh, I just want to go back to like going to the bar and having a, just appetizers with my friends and Starbucks or whatever <laughs> or do you feel do you feel like um that it's worth you know do you ever feel like you're you're getting pulled back into that lifestyle or do you kind of just you know not miss it and have to stay focused or is it kind of a balance of the both it's a balance and um, if I am needing to just get that out of my system, I'll go have a banger night, but then the next day I'm back on it and I'm thinking about what it is I need to do. It, I, um, I donate plasma also. Um, it, it is a really great benefit for those that get plasma and then you get paid for it. So it's helping me, it's helping them. So I stay on top of it because I don't want to gain weight and go over a weight limit because then you end up donating more. Um, but it also allows me to keep track of like making sure I'm eating good healthy proteins and I'm, I'm staying hydrated and um, it's just kind of almost a little check-in for me. Um, twice a week I get like these little, little feedback. I have to weigh in, they do a finger poke and I get my iron checked and it tests out like whether I'm staying hydrated enough. And it's just kind of a quick little reminder. Um, but if I feel like I need to go out and have a night where like I'm kicking back some shots or a couple drinks and I want, you know, some fried pickles, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I, but then I know that if I don't make up for it and I don't get right back on track, I pay for it because what you eat in private shows up in public. Yeah, it does. That's a healthy, that's a healthy attitude to have. And, you know, part of the, I mean, I've seen been around here long enough and I've dealt with my own issues long enough to know that you can be in great shape and, and be at your goal weight or you can be at in healthy and also have a terribly unhealthy relationship with your mm-hmm. eating and your food. And so much of that, when people get to that, you know, you know, a place where they're happy is having that cheap moment and then just falling into despair and just desperation over it. And I feel that leads such to such unhealthy, like it leads to usually people falling off eventually, but also it leads to, you still have the unhealthy relationship for food. If you have something or if you have a moment where you decide I'm going to go out and have chicken wings or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, it happens. There's nothing you can do about it now. So get up and treat tomorrow like it was the day before that happened. Like the, the mental games that have gone on, and I'm not saying this from a point of like preaching because I am probably the worst culprit of this, just waking up and realizing what I did last night. I'm like, holy shit, like I just destroyed all my progress. But that kind of thinking is also – that's also an unhealthy relationship with food, and it's also 
detrimental to long-term success. It's so much easier to just brush it off and just pick up where you left off. Like you don't want to do that all the time, but you got to forgive yourself for those moments. You got to allow yourself those moments or else it'll just constantly be in your head like that. And there's a compromise. I mean, you can definitely go and get like the worst thing on the menu and think that you're going to just blow everything out of the water or let's say, for instance, you go and get those fried pickle chips, and then you order a grilled chicken sandwich to go with it, mm-hmm. rather than getting the double bacon cheeseburger with everything on it. <laughs> Holy moly! In that way, in that way, it's even it's still a win too. I feel like because you're like, yeah, yeah I allowed myself the chickens, but I also did this when I would have done this. You know, it's all progress, mm-hmm. not perfection. It's sometimes it's what's the best choice I can make in this moment instead of just striving for that, you know, perfect score all the time. Uh, but, you know, it, it is, it's, it's a balance and, and you're happier for it. You know, I always, for a while there, I got to a funk where I'm like, you know what? I'd rather be here for a long, I'd rather be here for a good time rather than a long time. I'm just, I'm sick of eating like a, like a rabbit. I just want to enjoy myself and eat what I want. And the problem was I ate what I want, but I didn't enjoy myself. And you kind of come to the realization of that pretty quickly when you're like, yeah, I'm eating what I want, but I feel terrible. And it's affecting everything else in my life. So it becomes Mm -hmm. apparent that you're eating what you want, but you're not having joy or enjoying your life in the meantime because you just feel like shit all the time. So obviously when you have those moments with that, especially with the surgery that you have, your body react enough that you kind of feel like, all right, I got that out of my system and I don't need that tonight. You know, you know, I wish I could say that this surgery, you know, would almost punish me because in, in many cases, a lot of people that have this surgery and the bypass surgery, that if you go and have a carb party, you have too much sugar, whatever, it makes you sick. It doesn't affect me that way. Very, very few foods will actually make me feel not good after I eat them. The only thing it really does is cut back the amount of food that I can eat. So, like, sometimes for people, they're like, I am so hungry, and they can pig out and suddenly eat more than they've ever ate. No matter how hungry I am, there's a limit for me. And I know that if I continually push that limit, I'll undo what the surgery did by shrinking my stomach. So I know that I can't continually do that. I have to always eat just under that point of feeling full. And my... My ability to feel full is so different than what it used to be. Um, they, when they do my stomach surgery, they actually create a tube rather than having this um, J-shaped football size thing. It's more of a tube that's a little bit bigger than a yellow highlighter. So it starts off extremely small, and then over time it gets a little bit more relaxed and gets a little bit bigger. But I don't ever get to where, like, I couldn't eat a whole cheeseburger if I sat down it's almost next to impossible for me to eat a restaurant cheeseburger. I could eat half of it maybe. Um, But when I start feeling full, like I'll start getting a runny nose, I'll start sneezing, my eyes will start watering. And I have to watch for those cues rather than this feeling of fullness. You know, Angie, what I think is really amazing is you have gotten really in tune with the signals that your body is giving you. Mm Mm-hmm. You've gotten really good at it. Yes. Where a lot of us tend to ignore that or we'll say just one more bite. or, And, I mean, really the perfect example that comes immediately to my mind is we just had Canadian Thanksgiving. And everybody <laughs> says the same thing after Canadian Thanksgiving. I'm so full. But mm-hmm. 
you know, it's just there's there's got to be a stop somewhere, but you're very aware of yours. Oh, yeah. And even if I know that I have just one bite left on my plate, I'll still leave that one bite. I'm not going to even push it. And I have no problems with that. It drives the people around me absolutely insane. They're like, how can you do that? And I'm like, I just can't, and I don't want to. That one bite could make the difference between tipping me over the edge and making me feel miserable for the next two to three hours. Or if I leave it, I'm going to be completely comfortable. I'm going to feel satiated. I'm going to feel proud of myself. And maybe next time I can try and leave two bites or, you know, whatever. But the point of, like, for me now, if I don't like the food there, I'm not eating it. I don't care. I will not eat something right. I don't like now because I, my calories are so valuable to me. But right. if I've got that one bite left, I'm like, you know what? I've paid for it anyhow, but I'll pay for it twice if I eat it and I regret it. So this is commonly referred to what we in this house, um, we classified that as your calorie currency. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because really – and I mean, we're coming into a hard time because of, you know, Halloween and just all that little, you know, and they think just because something's small, that means that you can have, you know, five more. Well, no, <laughs> you can't. It's still, you know, 300 calories, but now you've just eaten five of them. So it's really kind of interesting. So how much has your relationship with you changed? I know that's a really weird question, but from where you were to where you are now, how much has that changed? And, you know, when Dallas got a hold of me, I was getting to where I was afraid to leave the house and I was embarrassed of myself and I had stopped doing the things I enjoyed. And I was fairly active. Like at the time I was a volunteer keeper for the zoo And if I went in there and worked for eight hours, I would have to come home and sleep for a couple hours, and I would wake up so stiff and sore that it was making me miserable just doing it. And I wasn't going to concerts because I couldn't go in there and dance and enjoy it the way I wanted to. So as I started becoming more comfortable, I started finding myself going out to more events. And I'm like, you know what? I really love dressing up and having my own style and being my own person. And I found myself talking to people and talking to wrestlers and talking to people in bands that I would have never in my life imagined talking to. And then they're like, you know what, you're pretty cool. So now I've gotten to where, you know, bands have gotten to know me where like I've had them stay at my house or they've had Mm -hmm. me help book them and they've had, they've contacted me and asked them to help find local bands to perform for them. But it's because I treat them just like they're another person that I know and I'm completely yeah. comfortable with just talking with them. And they know that they can talk to me like a normal person, too. I would have never been able to be that way before. And honestly, you know, it it would have been pretty rare for somebody to have given me the time of day before. And oh, I was not approachable. I looked, you know, when I was heavier, I looked mean. But I was, I had, you know, the resting bitch face and, you know, just, I was unhappy, and you can't say that with me now. Like you, there, It's rare to see me and not have this big, goofy smile on my face and wanting to talk. Right. And <laughs> I'll, I'll chat your ear off about any subject that, you know, you can get me going on because most of the people around me are going to talk about wrestling or rock, and I'll go all day. 
that's one that's thing amazing. I, I, I noticed uh, when you know before you, you came on the show, I, I you know checked out some of the before and afters and stuff like that. And even with the same look on your face as your before picture, there was a difference in happiness behind your eyes. And I always find you can tell somebody's state of mind looking into their eyes. And even with the same you know look on your face, you know without you know you're you're kind of comparing in you know different pictures and stuff. The eyes tell a whole story, and and there was there was there was there was a sadness or like a you know there was something behind your eyes that changed, and you can always mm-hmm. tell that. And that's my favorite part about looking. Whenever I look at like a before and after picture before the show, that's my favorite part. It's not so much the weight, it's not so much you know the outfit or anything like that, but you can really just see a spark reignite behind people's eyes, and it shows them into a different place and a, almost a different person behind there. Oh, for sure. And honestly, when the whole like before and after pictures came up and Dallas told me as part of my Ten Commandments, I had to take the pictures with those six poses. I was mad at him. I'm like, dude, that is the worst. And he's like, you have to post those, too. And I'm like, no, now I'm drawing the line. You are not making me post those. He's like, trust me, you do what you say you're going to do and what I believe that you can do. You're going to be proud of where you came from and you're going to be happy that you had those pictures. With Dallas, Don't like he didn't believe when he's in me right? without making me like he didn't make me prove myself first. He just believed in me to begin with, and I have never had somebody just believe in me without making me prove myself first. And that little spark of belief, and knowing that this this man that I watched on TV and admired and looked up to without having ever met me, without having any reason to ever believe in me, saw something in me, and that's all that I needed. He goes back to you know awesome. the entire the entire Jake the Snake Roberts documentary is never mm-hmm. underestimate the power you believe some you know by believing in somebody, and you know it's a great tagline and it's a great tagline for the Jake the Snake documentary, but it it's not just the tagline with him like there are countless NG stories, there's countless mm-hmm. Mike stories, there's countless Crystal stories of him doing that with people who can do absolutely nothing for him. I'm not going to make mm-hmm. a fascinating yep. documentary they can sell to Netflix. I'm not going to make a WWE special. Like, there's no interest in making Mike Mullins the billboard for DDP Radio or DDP Yoga. But still, he reached out to me. He reaches out to people like Jake, who's like a great spokesman and is going to pay off. But he also reaches out and helps people who can do nothing for him. And I think that's the true test of character because you, me, and Crystal are all stories of that. And there's countless in the community to the point where I don't believe he hasn't cloned himself because I can't figure out how he possibly <laughs> – even when he answers my text, I don't know how he does that. I'm like, why do you have right? to text me back? Like, so it's just – it's incredible because I complain about having a not enough time, and I got a shitload of time. And he don't, but he still takes that time for people who matter and people yeah. who are putting in the work, and there's mm-hmm. examples of it right here. You know, I've asked him repeatedly how he came across me, and um, the one thing that he's told me is to call it fate and what I do with it's up to me. And since then, I'm like, that that ability and that that belief in me without making me earn it first is something that I've given a lot of other people. And when people ask me why I do what I do and – um, what my drive and my passions for, and I'm, you know, I tell them that same tagline: never underestimate the power of believing in somebody. Just give me that one chance, believe in me for that just one minute, and I'll blow your mind. 
I don't, that's, well, that's, and, that's such a powerful statement. Sorry, Mike. When I was in Georgia, I had the pleasure of meeting Angie face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And when I was flying back to Toronto after summit was over, this phrase came up in my mind and it just, this conversation just kind of brings it to me. And the phrase was DDP yoga. It's not about the size of your ass. It's about getting your head out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think, you, you know, we tend to, and I can't say this for everybody, but we tend to complicate a lot of it. Oh, yeah. And keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Keep it simple. And your calories really in have to, have to be less than your, your calories going out, and then you have to move yourself and get a, a healthy mind space. Now, Angie, I'm going to ask you a real weird question. Um, what about the circle of people around you? Because I know Mike and I have brought this up a couple of times. Um, and I always say, you know, think of yourself as a sponge. And if everybody around mm-hmm. you is throwing mud into your water, you're going to soak up dirty water. So you mm-hmm. want to wring yourself out and be clean again. So how much has the people around you changed? Well, one of the things that did come up when Dallas told me to get my head straight was that I was already kind of seeing a therapist going into it. And when I decided I needed to get healthy, my therapist told me that if I wanted to lose weight, I had to cut out my family, every single member. He said they're toxic, and you are not going to lose weight doing that. And before I'd even talked to Dallas about it, I reached out, and I basically told them, you guys are toxic to me. I can't have you in my life, and this is the last you'll hear from me. And never once did I ever hear from anybody again. Wow. That's, was it, you know, they, you know, when you speak of your food addiction, that's an often, you know, repeated part of recovery for a lot of addicts. Like, you, you know, you surround yourself with the same surroundings that you've surrounded yourself your whole life without being able to, you know, free yourself of these issues. Sometimes you need new surroundings. And, you know, uh, it seems like it was a pretty toxic situation that you probably couldn't have flourished in. Sometimes family doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be blood. And for right. me, I had to learn how to be independent and how to drive my own ship and to put myself first and to not feel guilty about asking for what I needed from the universe. And so I did this. And um, one of the things that ended up coming from it was that I had a marriage that ended up dissolving within a few years of me going into this. Because it just, I changed as a person, and therefore it changed our relationship also. And the people that I started surrounding myself with, um, my community, truly have became family. And you'll see that if, like, you're following my Facebook. I have people from all over the world right now that reach out to me and consider me Ohana, like Crystal. Um, I have people from my from my wrestling community. I have people from my band community. I have people from GDP Yoga, um, several different communities. And so my circles all overlap, and they're very interlocked. And depending on what I'm needing, I can reach out at any time. And I know that my family has me. 
Yep. Yep. So my whole theory of that whole having people all over the place, because I'm kind of the same way. So someone once explained to me that the key to having success in having a widespread circle is think of everybody um, that's in your life of importance as Olympic rings. They all cross and we all meet in the middle. I also have very different levels to how how much people get of me. Your interaction with me and your connection with me really varies depending on the energy that I get from you also. So if I, if I don't get like the warm fuzzies from you, if I don't feel like you're putting into the circle, you're not going to get back out from my circle either. And you're going to have a bigger ring that extends out further away from me than somebody that is closer to me. I think that's really important. I think Mike, don't you think like it's taking stock of what's around you. And I think that's really important. Especially as you become an adult too, and you have less and less personal time to divide up. You really need to take stock of Mm -hmm. where you're dividing that time. And just, you know, sometimes, you know, it sucks. You know, when I got married, I had friends that were like, you don't hang out as much, you know, and they, you know, they get to a point where they get resentful of you living life that they're not living or what have you. Right. And and, and you got to be able to determine which relationships are are worth, you know, working towards and which one just seems to be work with no, you know, any kind of just withdrawal to come out of like emotional withdrawal, mm-hmm. um, you know, because right. you just deposit so much into certain people and then, you expect things to pay off or expect things to happen and they just don't bring you any kind of joy. And I think that you can be in situations in certain times where people make it difficult for you because true friends stand by people in hard times, but eventually mm-hmm. there has to be a time where it's just bankrupting your soul and you've got to realize that yep. this is just a continuing, you know, cycle of, of, of just unhappiness. And this is something I have to cut free from myself. And then as an mm-hmm. adult with less time on your hands, you need to decide where to put that energy. When I yes, first absolutely. started doing, I... sorry, Andy, go, ahead. go ahead. No, oh, um... I was just saying when, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, for me throughout my life, I know that when I make a, a solid connection with somebody and they truly see me for who I am, my soul and my energy is read by that person that even if I don't see them for 10 years, 20 years, if I made that impact to them, we can pick up where we left off. And yep, true so story. one of the things that's came up with all this is that um, I've not been back home, which is only just a couple hours away since I graduated high school in like 94. And since um, campaigning and reaching out to people, um, it's gotten back to my classmates um, from, from back home that I'd been doing this. And I've had people reach out to me and they're like, the minute we found out that you were doing this rock girl campaign, we were beyond ecstatic. And even though I've not been home, they were telling me last night that like you walk through town and that's all anybody is talking about is that I've done this and how tenacious I am and how hard I work to make something of myself. But I've not been home in 25 years. I made an impact wow. on people that have remembered me for that long. And that's awesome. And, and the true friends are the true people who matter will, will be, you know, they don't expect 
you to constantly be checking in. Like when you guys, when you matter, when you matter to somebody, you're always kind of there and you're never there at the same time because no one mm-hmm. holds you accountable for your absence or no, people understand that people move on. People have lives while still maintaining a deep affection for you and to make you feel guilty or anything like that would be, you know, just, you know, it wouldn't be something a friend would do. A friend wouldn't see you in 25 years and find out you're doing that and be happy for you. Um, some of my closest friends I haven't talked to in five years and I love them dearly and they love me dearly, but we also have the understanding that they have kids and I have a life and I have a wife and we all have jobs. And sometimes as an adult, you can love without connection. You know, you know that you're there. If I needed to, I could call certain people and they'd be there in a heartbeat if I was in a desperate moment, but we don't need to speak to each other other day to every day to remind each other of that. Oh yeah. Uh, I, they told me last night or what I was told last night was that, um, the one thing that everybody remembered about me was that I always stood up for what was right and I had my friends back and would go down fighting for anybody that I saw that was getting wrong and would stand up for myself even when it wasn't the popular opinion. And, you know, at the end of the night, they're like, you know, this whole town has your back and it's because you were that kind of person and you left that kind of memory with us. And so now we have your back. So this is where that whole... So, Mike, Angie and I um, routinely email each other back and forth where we talk quite often. And once upon a time after Georgia, um, you know, we were having a discussion and, you know, a lot of quotes came up because, you know, conversations with me and quotes come up. And (laughs) that's where that whole Ohana thing came up. So Ohana is Hawaiian and it means family and um, nobody gets left behind. And this is, this is just, it seems appropriate just in the situation that we're in um, with GDP. Why? Um, And Mm -hmm. with our friendship as well. So it just seems appropriate. And after hearing that, it just hit home. I'm not the only one apparently that thinks the exactly the same thing (laughs) with you. So, yeah. Oh, that's, I had a big support system when cool. I started DDP yoga. I, there were so many people that were checking on me. Um, there were a lot of people that questioned me going through with the surgery and um, tried to talk me out of it. That, you know, you're doing so good. Why would you go through with the surgery? Well, I've lost a couple hundred pounds, like a hundred pounds, at least twice before. This is my third time losing over a hundred pounds. That's insane. But I wanted to do the thing that I'd never done before. I wanted to take it to the limits. I'd never taken it before. And I wanted to actually fix the problem rather than wait for it to come back and bite me in the butt because I lost ground and couldn't continue it. And so I felt like just in my soul, I knew that doing the surgery was the thing that I had to do. And I stuck by those convictions. And knowing that I could combine DDP yoga and still do everything I was supposed to be doing with DDP yoga and doing the phase three eating, it just all fit together. It is such a perfect harmony for me. I don't know that it could have been any better. I had the community. I had Dallas and Brenda. And then, you know, touching base with the other instructors and staying online in community with DDP yoga members and the DDP yoga page. I had people regularly reaching out to me and making sure that I was doing the right thing. And even if they didn't agree with me, I knew in my heart that I was, um, my conviction for it was there and that nobody was going to talk me out of it. 
Well, see, and I love that you just said that because with you putting yourself out there for everyone, um, your excuses were gone. Mm-hmm. Right? And there was no excuse because, you, right, everybody would check up on you or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. It, it removes all crutch. The crutches are gone. Uh, if you do this and you can't do it with Dallas helping you, <laughs> you you're not right, giving right. yourself enough effort. <laughs> it, it also story. Mr. Positivity is going to make sure that you succeed as long as you're putting in the work for it as well. True story. It, it also proves that every single person's success is a different recipe because people sure. are telling you that, that the way that you're doing it isn't the way to do it. You should do it this way. Well, I do it this way. You already did this. and Everyone's got an input, mm-hmm. but ultimately you know yourself more than anyone. And I'm sure you're aware in the moment of when you're, you're kind of following a path that you're not feeling, or you feel like you're just, you know, not going to be successful with or whatever. You got to allow people to kind of concoct their own recipe as well, because yeah, mm-hmm. I have a lot of wisdom I can impart for my weight loss and weight gain, but it doesn't mean it's going to stick with you, and it doesn't mean it's going to stick with Crystal. And you've got to allow people to kind of carve their yeah. own path in the way they do things and, and find – because you can't tell them. They have to realize what works and what doesn't on their own. And if it didn't work, there's a lesson learned. It's another opportunity for education in your bank of, of memories. You know, you got to let people find their path. Dallas said make it your own, so I did. I just didn't yeah. choose the, um, the, the path most worn by everybody. I think that, you know, when I came into this, most people saw just one, one interstate to take. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to go ahead and take this other road over here because I think that that has my path to my happiness and I'm going to have to take that risk because I just, I feel it. And I know that it doesn't make any sense. And I know that it's not the traditional thing to do, but something in my gut just tells me I have to do it this way. And I just had to. And if so, if you're if you're going to be one of those people who are going to say that that's not the right path or this isn't the path you're supposed to do, then you're in the wrong program. Because you know what else wasn't the right path? <laughs> to 35 year old years old become a wrestler. You know what else wasn't the right path? Right. To 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 go you know switch from a career as managing an announcer to a wrestler or winning the world title at 40 or all of these things that you've heard him say a million times in every single yep. interview that asked him about it. None of that was the right path. The people who nope. actually carve the new path are the ones that are the trailblazers, are the ones that really make things happen. Following the same path, after a while, that path becomes dirt, and it becomes barren, and there's nothing growing on it no more, and you're just treading the same path over and over again. The people who actually succeed are the ones that find new paths and find their own way. And if you're thinking that you're, that's not the right way, you're in the damn wrong program. <laughs> yeah, there's other programs for that. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> so, Andy, I was just wondering, do you have anyone now in your life who will automatically call bullshit on you if you're doing something that they that they know that is just not going to gel with you? And they say, yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. Do you have people you know, in your life that will do that? <laughs> I don't have anybody like just immediately around me. However, um, because I'm so transparent on social media that right. if I have like a, a selfie that shows up 
if I have, you know, kind of a run of like a couple bad days where I'm just in a funk, I never know who's going to reach out and want to smack me upside the face. I mean, I, I will <laughs> literally get a message and I have no idea where in the world it's coming from, but somebody will call me on my BS. And <laughs> I've had times where Roger, um, from there in Canada, he's messaged me oh, and been like, crap. uh, cut the crap. <laughs> yep. And he's like, I mean yeah. this with all sincerity, but just seriously cut the crap. And yep. I've had, I've had wrestling friends that have done this. I've had band friends that have done it. Uh, DDP yoga instructors that are like, Hey, you know, is everything going on okay over there? And because I am pretty blunt and I don't hide anything, man, you message me and I'm having a day, I'm going to unload on you. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, the thing about that is there's, there's, it's so important to have somebody who will be honest with you in that situation. But also I feel like that spot has to be earned. It can't just come from anybody. It has to, there has to be a trust and a respect <laughs> to really call you on I've that stuff. I have had people that there's I have pe- never talked to before that have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some people that I'll take that from, and there's some people that I'll that I'd want to smack on the head to, to, if they talk to me like that. You know what I mean? Uh, it just doesn't like phase mm-hmm. me, like because I've gotten so used to my social community being who keeps me grounded. Right. And I've had people that I have never ever spoken to before, never had a message from that have messaged me and been like. Uh, you don't seem like yourself. What's going on? And I'll be like, oh, and all of a sudden just unload on them. And they're like, oh, you really needed to get that off your chest, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> well, well, yeah, a load shared is lighter, so. Well, we got about six minutes to go here, so I'm going to start uh, wrapping things up a little bit. And just so you know, I mean, when you're putting your pictures and stuff out there and, and your videos out there, of course, you're going to get some comments, some wanted, some unwanted. My favorite unwanted comment is on the Chop, chop Challenge video that I had with a sh- my shirt off and did that whole Chop <laughs> Challenge thing. And some, someone wrote underneath it, one of the comments was, Mike Muffins, because I had a muffin top and under my shirt off. And I'm like, all right, touche. I like that one. I mean, if you're going to make fun of me, I can take it all day long. Just make it funny. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, true. But, so, well, congratulations. That's and, like and that's a hell of a journey. laughing at herself. <laughs> uh, yeah, Crash Bandicoot, yeah. The, um, the, 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 the demo, demo, Demolition Derby Van Zant over there. <laughs> Van Zant. Um, I always want to say Van Zant. You know, that's it's a cooler rock and the rock name. We should just take Van Zant, little Steven and like the the Skinner boys and. <laughs> oh yeah. Your, your stage name. Yeah. Uh, that, that may have to but, be. <laughs> there we go. Um, but congratulations for real. That's a that's a hell of an accomplishment, and and you carved your own path. You did it your way, and and it's paying off. And you know you seem to be grounded and in, in, in some kind of reality, and have a good base around you. That's something you're gonna, you know, keep pushing forward with. And congratulations. And hopefully you can come back and and tell us that you uh, you were the new uh, rock girl for uh, for um, where are oh, you guys located? Um, can, what is Des Moines, it? Iowa. Iowa. Des Moines. Yeah. Well, it's not that much to do in Iowa, so, like, of course you're going to be, like, you know, come see the rock girl <laughs> at, like, the, the county right. fair. Right. <laughs> the best part about, like, my weight loss is that it's been 
uh, like five years now, and I've been within five to ten pounds of my lowest weight this whole time. Wow, good job! That's, yeah, that's that's awesome. that's incredible. That's that's where where that's where the the longevity is what really counts. Like anyone can lose a hundred pounds three times even. I'm in the same boat. I've done it over and over again. But you know the longevity and keeping it off, that's the hard part. And you seem to have found a um, a formula, a recipe, if you will, that's working for yeah, you. Yeah. And uh, stick with it. And um, you know, congratulations. Yeah. That's something to be really proud of. I am. Thank you. Make sure my you Ohana's up. a rock star. <laughs> I owe it to my Ohana. <laughs> Ohana. And Crystal. Mm-hmm. Before we go, yeah. I got to say, Crystal, you and I got a little heat all of a sudden because. I didn't know there was a such thing as Canadian Thanksgiving. And with me having such an yep. affinity for all things Canada, I didn't find my invite in the mail. <laughs> so uh, you and I got some, some some issues to hash out over here. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I love Canada. But do you know, I know I've met this before. Did you, either of you guys know Eric Broughton? He's based out of Canada. A uh, yeah, long-time yeah, DDP yoga yeah. guy. Um, he's a friend of ours, and he's actually he's actually talking about relocating to the states, and we've been in contact with him. And Katie and I were going back and forth, and we always mess around with Eric. And he looks like a cross between Vladimir Putin and a skinny Charlie Brown, <laughs> if you ever seen him. But so Katie and I came up with a name for him, a Canada name. He's the Canadian Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin. So oh that's his new name. Oh I just wanted. To, uh, that's awesome. I just had to put that out there. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, so much. Um, Thank you, Angie, for coming on with us. It's it's been fun. Ah, And, uh, you know, continued success. And and keep us posted. We'll have to announce and and maybe do a coronation for the new rock girl on. Uh, Make sure you guys hop on our Facebook and vote. But, uh, Crystal, let's let's kick us out of here with a a quote. If you have another one, you gave us a couple. You got one more on you? Of course I do. A dead battery can't jump a dead battery. Get away from people who can't charge your spirit when you need a jump start. Perfect. That's perfect. Very okay. fitting for tonight. And just for the record, I can't jump either. I'm white and yeah. Irish, so. <laughs> but no, I love that. That's a great quote. And and multi-layered and perfect for the for the situation. You continue to be our quote master champion. There you go. Thank All right, you. guys. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Anzi. Be safe. Uh, Crystal, happy Thanksgiving, you traitor. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of DDP Radio Live at ddpradio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Stitcher. we got a whole back catalog. Awesome interviews featuring Chris Jarek. Ryder, Jake Roberts, Scott Hall, and uh, there's probably a few episodes of me singing some ridiculous songs or telling some stupid jokes, so dig into the archives. We'll see you guys next week. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, we'll see you later. Happy Thanksgiving, Crystal. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work and most importantly, own your life. Talk Radio.
we love you, Eric. I'm sorry. <laughs>